Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. We are here to talk about more New York Giants free agency news. No, they're not making the top quality signings that you're seeing from last offseason, but they are getting some moves in there. Uh, They're signing some free agents. Also, we're going to talk some NFL draft and a little bit of NFL news. Uh, You know, a good amount of stuff talking about the cap room like we did last episode. Um, We hope you were here for that. But let me go to my co-host, Alex. How are you today on this Monday evening? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Um, and, and, you know, I know you were you were excited to talk about this. Uh, so how are you doing with this Giants free Bringing agency? the enthusiasm early. Yeah, crazy enthusiasm, all excitement. You know, I, I, I like to, you know, kind of balance our excitement here. So let me just go low and be like, yeah, I'm also happy to talk New York Giants. This is really going to be I swear I wasn't talking like that. I was just talking at a normal volume. I know, but it's like, you got to get some, like, we're trying to bring people, listeners in. We're trying to get them ready. And you're just like, hello, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I think that was more just loud. That wasn't even a, like what I was, you know? Yeah. Do that the whole episode, Alex. Let's see how it goes. But um, anyway, sorry, I cut you off. How, how you're doing good. Yes. Good. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Great. Um, I'm ready to get into this and, uh, we can kind of go from there, move down the list of what we have, uh, to talk about, get into some conversations. Let's first start out with a little move. The giants made by re-sign- re-signing, excuse me, the offensive tackle, Corey Cunningham. Uh, we've seen him last season played 12 games uh, for the New York giants, a younger player, not such a good player, uh, but definitely a depth piece to have. He's a guy that, uh, could definitely be a, backup con- uh back uh, I was going to say a backup contender which like he could be I don't think he could be contending for a starting role right but I think definitely no a ba- no but definitely a backup option for the Giants to have uh as a younger 26 year old former New England Patriot I believe as well so go from there yeah. Alex you can take that uh one. for me Cunningham we saw him as kind of a jumbo tight end at times last season so that's something you can use him for in terms of bringing in a six lineman when, you know, you're in those heavy run packages. I think Cunningham, you know, worth bringing him back, fight for a place in training camp and uh, see what happens. Um, maybe he can get himself a spot. Maybe he beats out Matt Parrott. Maybe he beats out, um, you know, a couple of the other guys that we brought in as well. So uh, Matt, Ga- Matt Gano, maybe doubt it. Uh, but, you know, he played decent last season. He was okay. Okay, I could take the next thing that works with me. Uh, Logan Ryan uh, has officially been cut by the New York Giants. He basically gave us a uh, peace out salute on Twitter and on his social media. Obviously, the captain uh, or former now uh, of the New York Giants, kind of the spokesperson leader for the team, an older fa- uh, an older guy in the uh, in the locker room. But he also, we have to remember, it, it kind of sucks uh, for me because. He was a guy that really helped the Giants get some players, or at least he he was in the recruiting process of getting some players, including a Dory Jackson, Alex, last offseason. Do you remember the picture? It was him at, at dinner uh, with Jackson the day before he signed or the day after, whatever. Um, so he was really in the process of helping this New York Giants team. So in that, in that aspect, he will be missed by me. Um, you know, on the field, he was okay. He wasn't the best. He wasn't the worst. It was kind of the latter end of his career, uh, sort of leaning out of his prime. Um, so, 
it is what it is. Again, he got cut. And what does this have on the cap? Well, it saves the Giants just under $800,000 versus the cap this season. His contract fully off the books for 2023. And Logan Ryan is going to team up with the unretiree Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Uh, He's going to reunite with him. Um, and they're going to share some old memories and they're going to be like, yeah, you're old. I'm old. We're going to we're going to share our last few uh, years together, I guess. But uh, Ryan only signs a one year deal um, out there in Tampa Bay. So I guess he gets warmer weather. So it's better for him. Yeah, for sure. In terms of the cap situation, I do want to get into that more. So there was some rumors that when he did get cut, I know several sources are like he got, you know, Giants saved three million. They say five million. You know, why would they cut him and $9 million dead cap and only 800K in savings there or thereabouts? I think it's more about that he's just not in the long term plans. And it's also about clearing up the cap space in 2023. Uh, When you look at 2023, you want to try to open up room, right? So this is something that you may have to take a bullet here, take take one in for the team. Uh, You know, maybe you know you're not going to be competitive this year eat up the cap space so you're more free next year in terms of cap room by getting rid of Logan Ryan. I think that's what Joe Shane did. I know a lot of people are outraged by this move. I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, it's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's just okay. <laughs> a lot of people are going to miss him. A lot of people are already missing him, and we saw that via Twitter and all social medias. Again, I do, I do miss him only because I know how much he tried uh, to help this team get better and win by recruiting players. Um, you know, cause he's a really good name out there and he's friends with a lot of guys in the league and he represented, he represented this team well when he was here. So again, congrats to Logan Ryan because he, he got another deal. It's not like he's gone. Um, he's going to be in Tampa. Uh, so congrats to him for getting that one year deal with them. Another cap room move by the New York giants did not expect this by the way. Cause like you're, who's going to address the kicker position when it comes to cap room? Well, the New York giants are the giants converted $2.63 million of kicker Graham's Gano's, Graham Gano's salary into a bonus, creating $1.753 million in cap space. So a void year was also added to his contract. Now, is this Joe Shane's mastermind right here and his assistant GM, Brandon Brown? They're making those smart moves. This new New, new York Giants front office. Would Dave Gettleman and his staff be doing this? I don't know. We, we won't know because Dave Gettleman isn't here anymore. But let's just give the credit to Joe Shane and his staff saying, yeah, he, he came in and he's doing all this smart mindedness, uh, you know, it, with the Giants cap room. You know what? On the contrary, I'd say this is a Dave Gettleman move. This is pushing money down the line. And, you know, we had to do it because we didn't trade James Bradbury or haven't at least yet. You know, we need space to bring in some players. And Graham Gano, you're talking about a player who's or a kicker who's been solid for us you know, not a player we're trying to get rid of imminently. Why not push some of the money down the line? He's proved himself in the, what has it been, two years that he's been here. Why not push money down the line? It's a kicker, not the biggest deal in the world. If he did it for someone such as maybe a Leonard Williams or something like that, a Kenny Galladay, then I'd be more concerned. But Grim Gano, been solid for the Giants. Uh, you know, just a move here to free up some room to bring in some more uh, you know, to bring in some more signings, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, but Graham Gano, certainly someone who's going to be around for a few more years on this Giants team. Someone who we kind of wanted to keep a bit, but didn't end up keeping. Uh, a Giants edge, Lorenzo Carter, is expected to sign a one-year deal with the Falcons. 
Uh, so he is gone and he will be moving on uh, back to his hometown of Atlanta, obviously went to Georgia and will be moving back down south. So good for him. See what he does with the Falcons, but excited to see uh, how he continues to grow as a player. Yeah, again, Logan Ryan, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow, especially as his, you know, he's developed with the team here. I didn't even realize how long he's been with the team. He's been with the New York Giants since 2018. He posted on Instagram in his, you know, goodbye uh, to New York picture or his goodbye to New York post. One of the pictures was him standing next to former New York Giants quarterback Eli Manning. And I was like, wow, he's actually been with this team for a while. Uh, and he has, and his time has come to an end again, 2018. Uh, through 2021 this past season he put up uh, five sacks and 50 combined tackles 28 uh, solo tackles 22 assisted and six tackles for loss eight QB hits Um, so again he kind of built up this was the uh, the most amount of sacks and the most amount of tackles he's had in a season Um, and it's sad to see him go but we kind of saw this coming right we knew we were not probably not going to be able to keep his uh, you know, him with the cap situation. So he goes to Atlanta on a, you said on a prove it deal, right? It's just a one year deal uh, for Lorenzo Carter in Atlanta. So he goes there on a prove it deal and I hope he can prove it because Lorenzo Carter is a good player. It's a good guy that we're missing um, or that we're going to miss. And the thing is now, Alex, you're definitely hoping the giants take someone in the draft uh, to represent that defensive line because now losing to Lorenzo Carter, you need someone on the D line even more. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely going to be a focus. And we'll get to someone who they did bring in on the defensive line a bit later. Uh, I want to get to some contracts here for a couple of the players that uh, we brought in recently. A tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, was brought in. uh, in, I believe we mentioned him in last episode. I believe Uh, it was after we recorded uh, post-editing Alex. You like cut in and was like, oh, also, Josh, uh, of course this happens after we record. Ricky Seals-Jones signed. Something like that. Yeah, I think that would that was how it went. So he did sign with the Giants. Uh, it's a one-year, $1.2 million deal, $350,000 guaranteed. Uh, and then John Feliciano, the center or guard who's going to play center for the Giants, uh, his details, he got a one-year, $3.25 million deal with $2.4 million guaranteed. That's a lot of guaranteed money. Uh, $1.25 million signing bonus. 1.15 mil salary, uh, 2.9 against the cap. Um, and he also has some bonuses, 1.25 Super Bowl bonus, 750K per game bonuses, uh, and 100K workout bonus. He also has a 250K incentive for playing 75% of the snaps. Interesting with Feliciano, I did want to bring this up. Uh, former Ravens center Bradley Bozeman was cut. Uh, by the Ravens, and he ended up signing with the Panthers for only two point eight million. And a lot of people consider Bradley Bozeman to be a you know reasonably top center in this league, certainly better than John Feliciano. Uh, and with the connection there with Wink, you'd think maybe, maybe it would have been a move that Giants could have made. It's kind of interesting that the Giants couldn't match that, considering you know maybe we thought they didn't have enough money, but clearly they're paying Feliciano three point two five million, uh, and Bozeman only got two point eight. So Certainly something to think about uh, if if Bozeman ends up having a good season, like what what exactly went down there, right. uh, not choosing him. And I think we can, uh, we're going to go to some signings now that the Giants made this this uh, in the past couple of days since our last episode. And then we can loop back around, talk about the NFL draft and some stuff that, that has happened there. And also be sure to stay tuned 
um, because we're going to be talking about a seven round 1.0 New York Giants mock draft uh, a little bit later in this episode too. We went from obviously, like I said, rounds one through seven, and hopefully we said one. I say 1.0 because we're hoping to do more than that if we have the time uh, to do so. Uh, talking about the New York Giants picks at five and seven. This one, no trades. We didn't do any trades. We did it straight clean with the, what, two third round picks, two first round picks. I don't think there's any double ones unless it's like two fifth round as well. Um, but yeah, they're all in there. And then maybe the 2.0, we thought about, ooh, maybe we like switch it up and put some trades in. But that might be uh, sometime in the future. Anyway, getting ahead of myself here. Offensive lineman Jameel Douglas signed a one-year deal with the New York Giants. He's six foot four. 310 pounds, originally drafted in the fourth round uh, by the Miami Dolphins in the 2015 NFL draft. So he's been in the league for a while uh, and he's played a total of 50 regular season games, 11 starting for Miami, Tennessee, Buffalo and Washington. So he's made his way around the NFL a little bit. Uh, He has made eight starts at right guard, three at center in his career. So we, we would assume that he plays right guard for the giants or at least backs up there because, um, Like we just talked about, Feliciano is going to be playing center, so I don't think he would be backing up there. That's kind of like a waste of a signing at that point since we just signed Feliciano. So I assume he'll back up at right guard or start if he's good enough. Uh, He's going to reunite with Coach Brian Dable, the offensive line coach Bobby Johnson, who coached him uh, on the Buffalo Bills last season. In total, uh, Douglas played in all 16 games and made six starts, both career highs, uh, as a rookie in 2015. And then he also appeared in four postseason games. So he has some playoff, uh, you know, a career experience, which the Giants don't even have right now uh, from what it seems like the past few years. But he has some uh, with the Titans, including the 2019 AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, certainly like the signing. Definitely a nice depth piece at guard at center. Uh, you know, maybe has the size to play tackle. Not sure. Obviously doesn't have experience in the NFL doing that. So we'll have to see. But uh, a nice depth piece there. Another Buffalo you, Bill. You would assume that Glowinski starts at right guard and he backs him up, I guess, because we signed Glowinski yeah. for a good amount of money. So you and maybe you see Jameel Douglas possibly fight for that left guard spot or something like that. Um, or obviously, like you said, back up Glowinski or some of the other guys in that interior. So uh, definitely a good, useful signing there. From one Buffalo Bill to another. Uh, we've got Mr. Matt Breida, a uh, running back. He signed to a one-year deal. Uh, he was undrafted out of Georgia Southern in 2017. He played in 64 regular season games with 19 starts for the 49ers from 2017 to 2019 uh, and with the Dolphins in 2020 and the Bills in 2021. His career numbers include 466 carries for 2,281 yards, uh, which averages out to about 4.9 yards per carry, which is very good and seven touchdowns in addition to 83 catches for 729 yards, uh, 8.8 yards per catch, and six scores. Um, Breida, 5'10", 195 pounds, uh, is obviously reuniting with a group of former Bills, coaches, players, and staff members that have all obviously moved over to the Giants. That list includes, obviously, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, uh, you know, Shay Tierney obviously was the co- uh, QB coach, but he's also moved over and some of the offensive linemen that have come over, Feliciano, Douglas, like we just mentioned. Um, last season with the Bills, uh, he played in nine games uh, and scored three touchdowns, one rushing, two receiving. We saw him very valuable in the receiving game for Buffalo. Uh, his most successful season came in 2018 where he really had that breakout year. Uh, when he led the 49ers in rushing while starting 13 of 14 games 
He recorded uh, a little over a thousand yards from scrimmage and five total touchdowns. The following year, he helped San Francisco reach the Super Bowl, uh, as he also appeared in all three post game uh, postseason games and started the divisional round victory over Minnesota and was uh, traded in Miami in twenty uh, to Miami in twenty twenty before signing with Buffalo as a free agent in twenty twenty one. Uh, Josh, you got a little bit more? Yeah, uh, just a little bit. He adds speed to the backfield, right? I mean, we, I know we have Saquon Barkley. We don't have a backup. Uh, there's no option. Devontae Booker got cut, so you would assume now he becomes the backup. I don't know now if we draft a, a running back in this NFL draft. I, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it definitely, it's definitely like an, an option now we have in the backfield. That that gets me a little... I could take a, a, a fresh... I was going to say... A, this is not going to make any sense. I was going to say a fresh air relief, a, a breath in relief, um, you know, that, that we got someone again, 82 snaps on Dable's offense. I think just at 27 years old, he's going to offer, uh, you know, he's going to offer some pace, which um, I would say Devonte Booker didn't have. It was more power backs, right? With Saquon Barkley, Devonte Booker last year. Uh, now we got a little bit more speed. And when he was with the bills, he was adding some speed to, an already pretty, pretty um, heavy, I guess, running back load there um, or running back room. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, he was just kind of a third option there uh, that they can use in Buffalo. But now he's with the Giants and uh, exciting, exciting signing. I'm happy about it. Another key stat that you really like to see from him, he has 70 runs of more than uh, 10 yards, which also included a career-long uh, career 83-yard touchdown against the Browns in 2019. Uh, so certainly a big playmaker uh, and a really quick guy out of the backfield. Maybe a nice receiving back for the Giants to compliment Saquon Barkley. Uh, I still think the Giants draft a running back probably later now, maybe sixth round, something like that. Uh, but Breida, I'm excited to see what he can do, and hopefully he can be a solid backup for Saquon. Yeah, you you hope so, and you hope he doesn't overshine Saquon. You hope Saquon Barkley is the 100% Saquon Barkley that he is, and he doesn't get outrushed by a backup like Deont- uh, Devontae Booker last year. Moving on to the defensive end signing that Alex, you were talking about earlier, kind of alluding to, Jihad Ward we signed to a one-year deal, we being the New York Giants. Ward, he's six foot five, 287 pounds. He was selected originally in the second round. He was 44th overall by the Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders, in 2016, appeared in 68 regular season games. 15 of those he started. The Raiders uh, from 2016 to 2017, the Colts for two seasons, 2018-2019, and the Ravens for two seasons as well, 2019 and 2020. And finally, the Jacksonville Jaguars recording 10 sacks, 37 QB hits, and 12 tackles for loss, as well as three fumble recovery uh, recoveries. Uh, Ward reunites with defensive coordinator Don Wink-Martindale. Again, another connection there. We brought in uh, Brita. He had a connection uh, with Dayball, right, for for being there uh, this past season. And then the signing before that, which I'm already forgetting his name, um, who was signed. Douglas, uh, Jameel Douglas. Douglas. Thank you. Jameel Douglas. Um, he reunites with Bobby Johnson, the O-line coach, as well as Brian Dable too. So another guy with connections. Uh, he held the same role during his time in Baltimore. So yeah, uh, Don Wink Martindale there. Um, Ward had four sacks in the 21 regular season games with the Ravens. He also appeared in two postseason games with the team and had two quarterback hits and one tackle for loss in 2020. Helped Baltimore, uh, Baltimore's defense ranks number two in both points allowed and third down efficiency. 
Yeah, uh, he's, you know, he's totaled career high 30 tackles, one fumble recovery, uh, and 10 quarterback hits he had in his rookie campaign while playing defensive end and defensive tackle for the Raiders. And last year, in, he played in all 17 games, made one start for the Jags, recording two sacks, seven QB hits, and three tackles for loss. So this is kind of more of an edge guy, but who, who really can play on the inside, is best on the inside. So I think he's more he he's more of a flexible kind of guy, more of a Leonard Williams type. You know, you can put him out on the edge, I guess, at times, but really he's more of an interior type of guy. Uh, so three signings here for the Giants. I'm excited about all of them. Let's see how they do. Uh, but I'm not going to get too excited until I see them on the field and production because that's yeah. what happened last year. Uh, too too much uh, hope and excitement on paper and not enough on the field. I don't know how high, how high you can rank Ward over these young guys like Quincy Roche, like Cam Brown, like Trent Harris. I just don't know, or Raymond Johnson, even Nico Lalos. Like I don't know, I don't, I don't know where he fits in from those because he's obviously has he obviously has more experience than them, but is he better than them? I don't know because I haven't, you know, I haven't seen enough. And besides, like the highlights that people are posting on Twitter after the signing, so uh, we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, so that takes care of the signings for the New York Giants. We now go to some news regarding the NFL draft. Uh, unfortunately. We talked about the top edges in the NFL draft uh, in our new video on the Giant Take YouTube channel. Go check that out. David Ojabo being one of them. Uh, unfortunately, at his pro day, Ojabo got one of the worst injuries you can ever get as a football player, and that was an Achilles tear uh, at his pro day again. So the whole thing circling, I feel like the NFL and the NFL Twitter is like no one goes over to help him. You don't see a trainer running. You see all the scouts looking at him. Should someone be doing something? They're all just staring at him while he's on the ground, like yelling in pain. So that's just questions the NFL. I, I know it's like a cold league, but something to think about. Uh, how does this affect the New York Giants heading into their draft? The strategy. Alex, a little pre-production, little hint here said, absolutely not. They're not getting him. It doesn't matter. All right. You know, we, we got it, Alex. Like my, I mean, you could defend your point, but let me go first. This could very well lead to Ojabo maybe sneaking into the second round and the Giants could sweep him up with a early second round pick that they have. You never know what could happen. I don't think they would take him at five or seven, especially now that he tore his Achilles. But if teams really sleep on him, you could see him falling to the second round. You never know. The latest I see him falling is at latest 25. He's got too much upside for anyone to possibly not take him, I think, personally. But hey, maybe you're right. I don't know. Um, and then the final bit here uh, with the QB coach, Shea Tierney. Uh, we saw him at Kenny Pickett's Pro Day today. Anyone interested? They're just doing their due diligence. People are freaking out as usual because people freak out. Um, but no big deal. Just, you know, wanted to mention it. Uh, that our QB coach is out taking a look at the QBs. How crazy that our QB coach is going to look at the QBs. It's not like, uh, you know, Brian Dable's out there. It's not like Joe Shane's out there. Uh, I think people need to calm down a bit. Uh, what it, What's the QB coach supposed to evaluate? Defensive ends? I don't think so. So uh, I think it makes sense for him to go and evaluate some of the top QBs in the class because, hey, you never know, right? Uh, so Giants fans, calm down. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones is gone. It's over. He, he, he's never coming back. Um, 
you know, Alex, I'm actually looking right now. I, I just looked up because why not? I'm like, okay, let me let me check out uh, mock drafts right now. And I'm scrolling and I could have scrolled too quickly. I'm scrolling through CBS's new mock draft and I don't even see a Jabo in the first round. Matter of fact, I'm going through the second round and David Ajabo goes 35 to the New York Jets. 35 to the New York Jets. Who wrote that? Who did the mock draft for CBS Sports? That's a good question. The person who wrote the mock draft for CBS Sports was Ryan Wilson, who's actually a very respected writer. Respected. Well, I no longer respect him, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's look at Sports All jokes. All jokes. Let's look at Sports Illustrator real quick, just before we send it. Uh, I want to see where they have David Ajabo. I again, I am I'm scrolling quite fast, but I I'm up to 20 and I don't see his name here. So the disrespect. No nope. disrespect. Uh, the if dis- he goes second round. David Ajabo, number 32 to the Lions. OK, the dis- point point stated. Respect. I'm good. It's actually end of the first round, by the way. 32 is end of the first. Round. OK, but still, I'm saying he's dropping and you said the latest he would go is 25. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready, but uh, a few things I can do before I'm ready, actually, because I'm not ready. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Subscribe on YouTube, the Giant Take uh, YouTube channel there. You can also um, just search up shippingstudios.com slash the Giant Take to find most of the places where you can listen to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Giant Take Pod. We're also at by that username on TikTok as well. Post content on there. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, The Giant Take Podcast, Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. Also, that stuff should be in the show notes or the description of the podcast where you can find all that info um, as well if I'm reading it too fast for you right now. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, positive rating and review on Spotify as well. We would really appreciate it. And I think I got everything in. So with that, I give it to my co-host, Alex. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Um, and please enjoy this seven round mock draft. We put a lot of work into it and, uh, certainly I think it's fairly accurate. So, uh, hopefully everyone enjoys and hopefully everyone's happy with the results of the mock. Cause I think we certainly were, uh, and let's get into it. Yeah. So round one, pick five, for the New York giants at the stands right now, you know, who knows as we're recording this Tuesday night. I mean, Russell Wilson got traded to the Broncos and now the Broncos got a bunch of first round picks, so it could change. But for right now in this 1.0, round one, pick five, first pick for the New York Giants. We are going offensive tackle, Ike McQuanu out of NC State as our first pick for the Giants. Again, pick five. His height, six foot four and weight 320 pounds. Yeah, and Aquanu, he was certainly a guy who stood out in the combine. Uh, you know, he came in ju- exactly six four, three hundred. Uh what, what did you say, Josh? 20, 320. 320. 320. Yeah, there you go. Three twenty. Um, he had a, he had a good day at the combine. He ran a four, nine, three, 40, 1.76, uh, 10 yard split, uh, and also had a very good broad jump at nine feet as well. He had a relative athletic score of 8.22, uh, which is quite good. That is, that's a, a very much above average score. So he certainly performed well at the combine talking about, uh, Ika Mekwanu, he's an Excellent run blocker. That's kind of how you go with these three tackles, right? You got the big three. Cross is the best pass protector. Uh, Aquanu is the best run blocker. And Neil's kind of like the mix of both of them. What I would say uh, in this mock, Neil, um, not Neil, sorry. Aquanu and Charles Cross were both available at this pick. 
I ended up going with Aquanu because of his flexibility at possibly being able to play the guard uh, position at the NFL level. That's something the Giants could need down the line, could be you know beneficial. So that's why I edged it to Aquanu. I actually like Charles Cross better as a pure tackle, but I think Aquanu gives you the flexibility. Like I said before, he's an excellent run blocker. He has great athleticism, like I mentioned before. Uh, he's just a bulldozer. He gets to the first, to the second, to the third level uh, really quickly. And he's just really, really good in the run game. Pass game, pass pro, he's not the best, but he, you know, he's a good pass protector, but he doesn't have some of the best techniques. Uh, you know, his feet are not always the best. His hand placement, not always the best. And sometimes he oversteps, making it super easy for defenders uh, to, you know, fly right by him, whether that be around the edge or moving inside. So something to look out for for Aquanu. But uh, I was happy to see him fall here uh, and have the option to choose between him and Charles Cross. But excellent pick here at number five for the Giants. Moving on to round one, pick seven, the second first round pick the New York Giants have because of their trade with the Chicago Bears right last season uh, in the NFL draft, giving the Giants um, or having the Giants trade back to 20, getting Kadarius Tony last season. So now they get pick seven this season. They choose with pick seven. Cornerback Ahmed Sauce, nickname Gardner out of Cincinnati, um, very good in the NFL uh, scouting combine, which I'm sure Alex is going to get to a top three, if not top two, if not number one cornerback heading into this NFL draft. He is uh, standing at six foot three inches and he weighs just about 200 pounds around the dot. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the combine. He was great at the combine. He uh, was in the 90th percentile in 40 times, uh, ran a 4-4-1 of 1.54 for a 10-yard split. And like you mentioned, uh, he just really had a great combine. He didn't run some of the agility and explosion uh, drills, so we don't really have the data on that. But in general, he had a great combine. All he needed to prove, is he fast enough to play in the NFL? He certainly is at a 4-4-1. He has great length. He's an excellent tackler and run defender. Uh, that's something that I don't think people talk about uh, often. Uh, Wink Martindale, he loves bringing his corners in. They need to be good tacklers. He likes bringing them on blitzes. It's important for your your safeties to be able to be good in the run game and good tacklers. Uh, and, and and Sauce is certainly very good at that. I know it sounds silly that I'm saying Sauce. That's what people call him. That It's kind of a cool nickname. You're embracing it. He's great. Yes, I'm embracing it. He's great in man coverage, zero touchdowns allowed in over a thousand snaps, uh, which is crazy. A thousand. Can you like it, it's just nutty. Uh, and he's just an excellent man corner. He is susceptible to double moves. That is something you do see in his tape sometimes, something to look out for at the NFL level. And his lack of experience in zone. Uh, when he has played in zone, he has been solid, but he doesn't they didn't run it a lot at Cincinnati. So that's something to uh, take into account. But then again, Wink, a, mo- a mostly man guy. So uh, wouldn't worry about it too much from the, a Giants perspective. And moving on to the next pick the New York Giants have, we skip to the second round and uh, the New York Giants next pick is round two, pick 37. And this time they address, address the offensive line once again, taking guard Zion Johnson out of Boston College. This guy is another person that has been mentioned uh, to the New York Giants, whether it's in the first round, whether he slips to the second round, which, I mean, in this mock draft, you you hope he, do, you know, he does so. In the NFL draft as well, hoping, uh, I, I would take him on the Giants, obviously, we have him here. Anyway, 
height. He's six foot three and a total of 312 pounds. Another one of those senior bowl standouts who originally was projected to be around a second round pick, um, you know, mid second round, probably kind of rose to, like you mentioned, Josh, a possible first round uh, target, maybe not as early as the Giants are picking in the first round, but I could see him going as early as somewhere like 15 or 16. Uh, certainly, uh, he's a really talented player. He's a, like Aquanu, he's an outstanding run blocker. He's also a smooth pass protector. He does need to improve certain pass pro techniques, especially, um, you know, sometimes his feet just aren't really set and he can have balance issues. That's another thing you have to talk about with him. Um, but in general, he's a very solid offensive lineman. He's great at, he's great in double teams. He understands, uh, stunts and all the different concepts that you need to know. He does, he rarely gets beat. Uh, and he's just outstanding in the run game, like I mentioned before. And he really just pushes his guy forward. Uh, and gets to the second level as well. Uh, and he's just a really, really impressive player uh, who really stood out the senior bowl. He also stood out the combine, uh, having a 9.56 relative athletic score. Uh, he he had a, a, nine, a 32-inch vert, a 9-foot broad jump. He ran a 5.18, uh, 1.8 10-yard uh, split, which is not terrible for a guard. Uh, and he also had a 7.38 three-cone, which is extremely good in the 97th percentile. So Zion Johnson, an excellent prospect. I was happy to see he was still available when the Giants were up. He may not be, but in this scenario, he was. So that's why he's here at pick 37. And we move now to the third round where the Giants have two picks, 10, uh, 10 away from each other, 69 and 79. Round three, pick 69. Gotta love that number. Edge, I had to do it. Edge. Josh Pascal, I assume I'm, I assume that's right. Uh, Pascal, I think. Pas- Pascal, Pascal Vanessen. I don't. I didn't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know his pronunciation, but Pascal Pascal. I think S C H though. All right. Pat Pascal. Whatever. It doesn't matter. He's a great. All right. I'm gonna say Josh. I'm gonna go Josh Pascal. Pascal, Kentucky. He is a total of six three, two hundred sixty eight pounds. And again, now the Giants. Going more uh, again to the defense, this time addressing the edge, which they definitely need. We know this to be the case. Not many not many uh, worthy talents on the New York Giants, but that's not, um, I mean, when it comes to edge, but we don't need to get into that. That's not what this video is about right now. Alex, you can go into uh, Pascal, yeah. Pascal, Pascal. I, I think it's Pascal. We're going to figure it out. Go for day. it. Pa- okay. Um, I think Josh, this Josh. Not the not you, Josh. Um, I think I think Pascal Pat. I'm gonna say him. I think he is very much similar to Jermaine Johnson. I actually think they're very similar in the way they play, their abilities, their physical attributes. One thing I would I I, I don't like saying like a Walmart version. That's like disrespectful. I think he is just not as good at what he does, but they have similar attributes. I think it is Pascal. Yes, I just watched a highlight of him Pascal. doing a very nice sack off the edge, actually, against uh, Miami. Got to the quarterback very quickly, and the announcer said, very nice sack by Josh Pascal. So there you go. Yeah, see, Pascal. There we go. So Pascal, like I said before, similar to Jermaine Johnson, who's a like early to mid-first-round prospect currently. He has great explosiveness. He's a solid run defender. He has great strength. He, he's more of a power rush type of guy. He can beat you around the edge, but his bend is just not elite, unfortunately. Uh, and that's kind of the reason why he's so low. 
his other aspects of his game are very strong. It's just his below average bend. Um, you know, that's something that people say about Jermaine Johnson, but for uh, Pascal, it's or Pascal, it's even more of an issue. Uh, and that's kind of why he's fallen this far, but still he, he gives you a nice solid floor with some upside because of his explosiveness, because of what he can do in the run game. Uh, and because of what he can do with the power rush. So certainly an impressive guy. And he tested extremely well at the combine too. Uh, he had a 9.08 relative athletic score. Um, and he had a 37 and a half inch vert, uh, 10 foot broad jump. He had a 10 yard split of 1.62, which is very good. Um, and he had a 4.77 40 yard dash. So certainly scored very well. Uh, Josh Pascal. And I was happy to see him on the board. And in this scenario, you're in the third round. You know, there were some better edges available in the second round, but, you know, we had to go with Zion Johnson. You need to solidify this offensive line. And you're kind of looking at the board and you're like, okay, if I wait, there's really going to be nobody left. And that's kind of what I went for. And I saw Josh Pascal on the board, maybe a bit of a reach at this position, but you need, you know, you're trying to fill positions here that you really need. And edge is certainly one of them. Yeah. Pascal being the good pick there at 69 on to round three, pick 79. Linebacker Channing Tindell uh, from Georgia. He is six foot two and is 230 pounds. Again, out of Georgia, that's going to be another guy we're bringing in from the Bulldogs. So that's something to note on. Yeah. And this guy, he wasn't really even a starter for Georgia um, during their national championship run. There was guys like Quay Walker who had already gone to Kobe Dean. He was kind of behind those two guys, but he certainly had some playing time and he was extremely effective during those play uh, during that playing time. So that's something you do have to take into account. I think he certainly has uh, gone up mocks after the combine. I'll get to that in a bit, but I want to talk about what he does best. He has a late uh, elite speed and he's a great tackler. Now, the problem with him is he is very limited in coverage. Think kind of Blake Martinez in terms of like a great tackler, but limited coverage ability. I'd say he's worse in coverage, but he's more athletic. Um, and the only thing with Tyndall is that he he's fast, he's quick, but he doesn't change direction well, and he seems a little bit flat-footed at times, and that's something I think that separates him from some of the top linebackers in this class. But then again, I feel like having a Georgia Bulldog on this team, a winning team, people who know how to win, uh, in that unit where they were around so many great players, I think Tyndall really has a great opportunity to be a solid linebacker uh, at the NFL level. Moving on to round four, pick 109, defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr. Out of LSU, another team that knows how to win. They won with Joe Burrow uh, a couple of years ago, and now we're picking a guy uh, from LSU. He His uh, height is six foot four and weight 330 pounds. Yeah, um, and, and with Farrell, he has great length. He has great eyes and maintains gap control, whether that be in, in the run game, excuse me. His cons really are that he's kind of not the best pass rusher. Obviously, as a nose tackle, it's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, and his lack of quickness is certainly something to take note of. But especially in the run game, he seems to get into the pocket. Uh, and that's something even in the pass game a bit. He doesn't necessarily get to the quarterback, but he gets in the pocket. And I think that's something you see in his film. Uh, and that's very impressive about him. And in the fourth round, it's just very good value for him. In terms of the combine, he had a woeful combine. Uh, he had a 1.31 relative athletic score out of 10. Um, and he ran a 5.41 40-yard dash, which is just not great, uh, unfortunately, for him. 
And I think that kind of, you know, he was originally saw as more of a second round, maybe third round guy, but because of a poor combine, maybe he falls a bit and that's why he was here in the fourth round. So that's something you also have to take into account here. So this is kind of a combine slider. Uh, and he moved to the bat, uh, into the early fourth round and the Giants select him here. Still think he's a very good football player. I, I think you meant originally seen, but uh, originally saw not not correct grammar, Alex. And for someone who likes to correct me a oh, lot sorry. of the time, I, I, that's a big deal. Sorry about we move that. on to round five, pick 146. The Giants have a couple picks in round five as well. We'll start with the first one. Again, 146. Here is a position running back that the Giants really need uh, improvements on because Devontae Booker, he got cut. So now we have Saquon Barkley, which could he could very well be traded. And um, and uh, our next guys on the list are basically practice squad guys, not to be rude or anything. But we definitely need a, uh, a running back uh, with the Giants. So Pierre Strong, Jr., South Dakota State. He's 5'11", 202 pounds. Um, yeah, that's the next guy here. Pick 146. Yeah, Pierre Strong's an interesting one. Another guy who had a great combine, uh, ran a 4.37 at the combine, uh, 10-yard split of 1.56, had a 10-foot broad jump. Just excellent from Pierre Strong, a 9.66 relative athletic score. Uh, He was also, if you look at his tape, he had a great high school career. Uh, You know, he didn't really get that many great offers uh, for some reason. He ended up going to South Dakota State. He's played for three years at South Dakota State, so he has lots of playing time, lots of experience, and he has great speed, he's very powerful, and he's got great vision. Uh, He's just a very solid runner. Uh, Kind of what his issues are, he's not exactly a great pass blocker. In terms of pass catching, he's average. He doesn't really have a good route tree or or really a great route runner, but he has solid hands. It's, It's average. It's not really a pro or a con for him but he certainly is a poor pass blocker. And that's something that's going to have to improve at the NFL level. And obviously at South Dakota state, the competition is just really not good enough. Um, And that's something that's also a bit concerning for Pierre strong, Um, but great speed. He has all the physical traits to make it as a good running back at the NFL level. Addressing every here, everything here on the offensive defense, Uh, the giants next pick in round five, 171 is a wide receiver. Velas Jones Jr. or Velas Jones Jr. Uh, from Tennessee. He comes in at six foot, 203 pounds. Yeah. Uh, at this point in round five, I'm really looking for a tight end for the past couple rounds. I've been looking for a tight end. It's just the value's not really there yet. So I, I see Velas Jr., uh, Velas Jones Jr. on the board, and I'm like, you know, that guy can move. Uh, and in the fifth round, it's just like you're looking for value at that point. So Velas Jones Jr. Uh, out of Tennessee. He's a great kick returner. He's a great athlete. We saw that at the Senior Bowl. We saw that at the Combine. He's a solid route runner. It's just a bit, he's older. He's already 25. He has a limited route tree. Uh, He's a good route runner on the routes he runs, but he really didn't get exposed to much at Tennessee. So that's something you do have to take into account. His hands are average, Um, you know, nothing special, nothing great. Um, but he is, he's quick. He ran a four, three, one at the combine in the 99th percentile, 1.53, 10 yard split. Um, but he has not a great vertical at 33 inches. So that's something to take into account. Obviously six foot. He's, he's a, he's an interesting prospect. I think he could end up kind of falling down the depth chart at the NFL level and be more of a special teams guy, more of a Joe judge special. But I think 
I think he has potential to be a nice wide receiver three, wide receiver four at the NFL. Uh, and at, in the round, in fifth round, that's kind of all you're looking for. And in the sixth round, the final pick for the New York Giants in this draft, pick 183, tight end Jelani Woods out of Virginia. You mentioned tight end already, Alex. You were looking for that value guy. This one, I mean, his size is tremendous. Six foot seven, 253 pounds, tall and slim. Could be a perfect fit for this team. Got a good big window, big window for Daniel Jones to throw to. Yeah, for sure. He's an excellent athlete. Uh, again, another guy who really stood out the combine. 9.97 out of 10 relative athletic score, which is crazy. He put 24 reps on the bench. Uh, he ran a 4.6140, which is crazy for a guy who's 6'7". Uh, 1.6 10-yard uh, split. He's an excellent red zone weapon. He's kind of like a, a Kyle Rudolph that's really athletic, uh, if you want to think about it like that. But he doesn't have the hands. He doesn't have the route running. He doesn't really have yards after, uh, you know, yards after catch. He doesn't really have the, you know, big plays after the catch ability. He's more of like inside the 20 yard line. That's where you throw the ball to him. He doesn't, he's not really an every down tight end, but at this point in the draft, if you can get someone who's a solid tight end too, I think you take it. Um, and he doesn't really have, he didn't really run many different types of routes at Virginia and he has his ability to run those routes. Even the ones he did run, not great. He's more of he's more of a toss it up and hope he hopes he grabs uh, hope he grabs it type of guy and, and really bullies the linebacker that he's up against or slot corner with his height six seven it's a tough matchup for any defender. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.